Powder brings you SS-68, stories which plunge vividly into other worlds, other dimensions, other times. SS-68. a letter from Mrs. Bookpipe of Spoon Street, Lakeside, Cape Town, during the week, and she wrote to me about biotech. She said, my daughter's film tunic was very badly stained, with the result she would not wear it. I decided to try biotech, which you advertised, and I soaked the garment for a few hours, and much to my amazement, the stains disappeared. I've spoken about this product to my friends who are now using biotech, and I'd like to say a big thank you for making this product available to us. Well, as I've been saying for a little while, Mrs. Bookpipe and you other ladies, Biotex is absolutely marvelous when it comes to helping get rid of those very stubborn stains. I've kept on emphasizing that you let soaking do your washing. And you will notice that these stains just vanish by using Biotex merely by soaking overnight or for a couple of hours in warm water or pre-washing in your washing machine. It is spelled B-I-O-T-E-X. <laughs> SS-68 presents Wanted in Surgery by Harlan Ellison, adapted for radio and produced by Michael McKay. Wanted in Surgery. In the year 2088 AD, the government passed a law. The new Hippocratic Law stated, All ministrations shall henceforth be confined to government-sponsored hospitals. Emergency cases necessitating attendance outside said institutions shall be handled only, repeat only, by registered physician mechanicals issuing from registered hospital pools. Any irregularities or deviations from this procedure shall be handled as cases outside the law and a legal attendance by non-mechanical physicians shall be severely punishable by cancellation of practicing licenses and or fines and imprisonment. Doctors who have been licensed before the advent of the Phymex or robot doctors were maintained at slashed salaries. They were reduced to assistance in terms. There was dissatisfaction. In 2091, Kolbenschlag 
the greatest brain surgeon of them all died from acute alcoholism and a broken heart. But the small legion of men who still walked the antiseptic corridors of the hospital, many could not adjust. Men like Stuart Bergman, M.D. This is his story. Corbinschlag's dead. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Stu. Sorry. He made page 118. Five lines. They said he was a true fine surgeon with some skill. Corbinschlag. Uh, I was going to come in earlier, but I didn't feel like watching the operation. Corbinschlag. Dead. Poor old man. Look at them. I spent ten years of my life trained to be a physician. And now I sit watching, watching faithless books of metal. Do those ten years better than I could in a hundred years. All right, let's go. We need to wait for the interview. dead. They killed him. Those, those things down there, those lumps of skin trying for a man's cow. All right, let's go. Stop it! You, 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 you can't do anything about it. Not in the dew. He's dead. He lies down there. There's one metal thing. Things ripping into my face. Stuart. Merciful heavens. Where's the way? Where? You would not pity. Take this one. You'll have Parkinson here in a minute. I'm sorry. All right. Take it to my office. I'll be right there. The operating theater's my home. It's been taken over by my money. It's all the opera, Stephen. There's always someone who gets squeamish at the sight of a well-performed operation. Come on, I'll burst like that and you'll leave your license. They'll buy you from practicing. Kelkin has no enough One of those things sticking around inside one of my patients. I get stuck to my stomach. What do you mean, bar me from practicing? Find another practicing I do now. Well, you, for that matter. Keep your voice down. Look, man, you have no logical scientific reason for hating the climate. Science doesn't come into it, Murray. This is from the gut, not the brain. Look, the robots are infallible. They're safer. And they can do a job quicker and with less mess than even... Well, even a Kobenschlag. Yeah, but don't you see? I'll get you another drink. Come on. This Kobenschlag, even with those thick glasses of his, was human. It wasn't like having a a, a, a piece of stovepipe rummaging around inside a patient's brain. Oh, no. Listen to it. Money. What have we come to? Machines. 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 Here in the canteen. They mix a, a hundred and fifty beats. Perfect. In minutes. And that, that, that noise they call music. Machines brush our teeth, lull us to sleep, and, and operate perfectly on human beings. Well, there must be something they can't do. There must be. Otherwise, we're doomed. All of us. And we're doctors. 
grateful for any small bone that's thrown our way once a fortnight, allowed to perform one single simple operation of fortnight. Will those chunks of tin for assistance? But they're very over. Degrading. I, I took an oath a million years ago. Now, Getting a bit uh, noisy, aren't you, Dr. Bertrand? Uh, I, I, I was uh, just airing a few views, Dr. Calkins. That's all I'd rather I, not I, you, if I must say. Might be construed as dissatisfaction with the way I'm running things here at Memorial. You wouldn't want anyone to think that, would you, Doctor? Oh, no, 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 I didn't mean that at all. I, I just thought that uh, if we physicians had a few more operations, a few more difficult Don't you think uh, these primates are quite capable of handling any such, Dr. Bergman? Well, just as I'm a doctor, not doing That's anything. Enough. The primates have a finer record than any human physician. Yes, they haven't been fully tested. If you want to remain on the payroll of this hospital, Dr. Bergman, even as an assistant, you'd better tone down and watch yourself. We have our eyes on you. <laughs> but I... I said that's enough, Bergman. That is a Thank you. Uh, I'll be going. Oh, thanks for having a drink with me, Murray. Do it, don't forget it. Why am I suffering? Why am I one whole life empty and and framed by worthlessness. Why am I saying? Because the primates have taken over. Because the primates have taken over. Well, they've got to be stopped. They must be discredited. How? Three days later, the answer came to Bergman as horribly as he might have wished. It came in the form of a practical demonstration, and he was never to forget it. He assisted a spymate on his scheduled operating assignment. The patient had been involved in a special accident in one of the group's farms. He had lost both legs and lower knees. The spymate went to work with instruments classed in nine of the thirteen magnetic sets. All the way. Spymate passed his patient. No human could save this one. Stuart Bergman was engaged as he watched the spymate technique. The gleam of the instrument being ripped from their cubicles in the machine saw it being checked. Bergman was engrossed. So engrossed, he failed to adjust the anesthesia cone properly. The faint hiss of escaping air reached him too late. The patient suddenly sat up. The man on the operating table had seen what they had done to him, seen the faceless metal entity working over him, realized he was alone with a machine fainted. And died. Oh, but they can't help him. Help him. Soothe him. He, he's dying. He's dying because he's in shock. He, he doesn't want to live. Just a word would let me. No interference, please. This is against the rules. You've got to understand, the Phymex went on operating calmly, perfectly, on a corpse. The operation was a success. Only the patient was dead. It's not human. But, but surely the blasted Phymex knew the man was in a panic. 
The brains are into those machines, don't you? Yes. But I make lower the adrenaline count if you will. But don't you understand, Marty? The robot ministered to the patient's body, not his mind. One word, just one, might have saved him. You see, Marty, the finex have no bedside manner. The thing just stood there repairing tissue while the patient died in hopelessness and, and terror. And lives will go on and I'm being lost because the human element has been removed. I feel sick. I feel so sick. But what can we do? I'll tell you nothing. You're wrong, Murray. Wrong. They can't make a robot physician that's perfect, able to understand the psychology of the human mind. Therefore, the phynix must be discarded. God, yes, yes, of course, and how? I know how. It'll mean my own destruction. But now, I know how. Biotechs appear on the market. We've had many endorsements from time to time, and these can be seen in our office. I'm broadcasting some of these to you, and will do so as they come to hand. And Mrs. M. V. Krauser of Fifth Avenue Pine Town, Natal, wrote and said, Here's a letter from me of appreciation to the basis of Biotechs. I am highly satisfied with Biotechs, and have introduced my friends to your product, and so far, there has not been one complaint that it does not live up to the claims you make for it. I have two sons aged two and a half and one year. The elder boy gets filthy dirty, and his clothes are pretty much the worst for wear at the end of the day. The baby naturally drags himself about, and his little diaper has become very black and dirty at the end of each day, too. The point I'm trying to make with you is that every night I soak these diapers and the elder child's clothing in biotech, and in the morning, all I have is a slight rubbing and rinsing, and that's it. The name again is Biotech. Bergman shows a strange one. Each day that passed meant another life that passed, under the knife of a perfect, fast, efficient, but non-human Bergman. There are many paths to destruction. Bergman's plan was one of desperation. He would kill one of his patients. Came the day of his operation. The morsel thrown away at the green and certain once he called night. This was Stuart Bergman's bed. They walked into the curtain. The rolling spinous with a tabletop upon which the patient lay hurried to the operating table. Dark lines in her face that could never be erased, except by death. 
The formality taken care of, Bergman carefully made along a cubing long incision. An ordinary job. No paraphernalia. God, forgive me. I'm not. Shadow and Archie. The robot will know what I've done and will repair the damage. I will cut another. The robot will repair it, and then another, repair, another, repair, another, another. Again, again. Finally, Sonic will overload and freeze. No levitate on the table. The girl will die. There'll be an inquiry in the trial. I shall blame the robot for her death. I'll tell my story of the inquiry, and they must stop using these monsters until the problem is solved. But, but, God, what good would it be to win my point if I lose myself? And slowly, carefully, Bergman removed the appendix. And the final, silently moving to complete the routine operation. Bergman turned away and left the theater. Rain, scheduled for that time of the night by Weatherex. That was my chance. But it was the wrong chance. It could never be right if it started from something like that girl's death. And as he walked, aimlessly, there was a silent movement in the shadows as the robot cop followed him. They had him under observation, remember. Bergman wasn't trusted. Bergman was the kind of renegade doctor who might... I don't hate machines. I never did. Only now that they've taken away my humanity. Now that they've taken away my life. Now I hate them! And behind him, mechanical ears tuned, robot eyes fastened on the slumping walking man. Yes, yeah, you! There's a doctor, ain't there? Yes. Why? What do you want? She was dating. Bill Kent, from the tenements, the slums, out near the curved down edge of the climate zone. Well? What? I've been watching for three days and Charlie's getting work with his stomach swollen. And I noticed he's been coming out of the hospital now for three days. You've got to come over and see Charlie and say he's dying. He just lays there twitching. And every time I go near him, he jumps and starts throwing his arms about me, doubling over and everything. And he keeps grinning, Doc. Not everything was funny or something. Please, you've got to help him. You've got to. Please, you've got to do something. Please, please. He's a bloody technique. She's got to get him into hospital. He'll be dead in a day if she doesn't. Oh, why didn't you take him into the hospital? Why did you wait? Take him there? No, I couldn't. He'd never let me anyway. The last thing he said to me was, don't take him to that hospital, Katie. Promise you won't put me there with that metal thing. What will cut into me? Promise you won't do that. And I promise. Because I love him. If a robocop sees me talking to this woman, I'll be finished anyway. They'll get me a house practicing. But... I can't take a chance. Get away. Get away from me and don't try to approach a doctor again. If the robocops see us, they'll arrest us both. You must never approach a doctor. There's the hospital. Go there, if you want to save your man. But the Vimex are free and, and better than any human. We died before we went to them. We thought you were still doctor. Come on, people. Back away. I will be sure in hell. My aunt is dead. Then I will enter the house of sick 
and I will abstain from all intentional wrongdoing and harm. You! Woman! Wait! I'm sorry. I, I, I'm tired of talk. Take me to your... Take me to him. I'll be able to help him. And they went away towards the tenement, the edge of the climate zone, and unseen eyes followed silently. <laughs> this was his run. This was Lord Hyde. This was where the deprived dragged out their lives in an era of century when machines served man and man served no one, not even God. They walked and walked, and the eyes followed the length of them. Get your dog. Well, I'll, I'll pour the cloak up for you, Charlie. It's all right, Charlie. I'll... Sorry. There's nothing I can do. He's dead. And at that moment, the machine that had followed them so far stopped. And as the robot cop moved in to grapple with Bergman, the woman drew a gun from a holster at her thigh. Immediately, a death light snaked out from the robot cop's body. And the woman falls beside the bed upon which her lover lies. The machine goes about its business of arresting Bergman. Please do not resist for her. What can a mere man do against the machines he has created? And so Stuart Bergman came to the end of his career. He went on trial with the option of human fallible jury or robotic infallible jurymen. Ironically, he chose a human jury. I'm going to give you a run for your money today. And the trial began. The testimonies were long, hours, hours. Finally, he was allowed to tell his story. The years during which I studied... <laughs> for what? <laughs> Corbin Sard's death... Fritz was a great human being with a soul. Beside him, a machine is nothing. <laughs> the day of the operation... The man might have been saved. <laughs> he died from fear at the sight of a robot and its helplessness when faced with a human problem of psychology. <laughs> Corkin's approach to medicine, <laughs> the very sight of things of metal, invaders in the physician's domain, <laughs> the people fear and hate the machine. <laughs> The woman whom I went to help in the tenement, <laughs> her man died from a terrible disease because of the Phymex. <laughs> and finally the jury rose, and they said they must have more time. 
You won, Hugh. You won. People are scared, but they're scared the right way. They're considering their position and the relation of the robot to them. The new sheets are full of it. Already there's a movement of foot for a return to human domination. You, you were right all along. It's just a gut, that's all. Which I haven't got. You haven't got? Oh, who, if not you? I remember a doctor taking insult after insult from Calkins with no more than, than a bowed head. That was another day. They've got Calkins up to investigation. It seems there was some sort of collusion between him and the manufacturers of the Primex. That was why they were put in so quickly before they could be properly tested. The company, by the way, has testified that it's impossible to build in a bedside manner. <laughs> Too nebulous a concept or something. You won your case, you. There'll be a lot of me thinking now. It's your victory. Victory? Mine? Man. I just happened to do something that brought it about, that's all. It had to happen. Otherwise, we'd have lost ourselves. We stopped ourselves from going all the way to dependence and decadence. We reversed a terrible trend. Now, the machine will work for man, not man for the machine. Today's the most important day I can remember. Uh, got, got a cigarette, Murray? Mm, well, there's a tobacco punch over there on the wall, Phil. What brand do you want? No. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Uh, have you, uh, in your pocket, Murray, an ordinary package of cigarettes? I don't want them in the tobacco. Here. Now, before you go, I want to say, ladies, a little bit more about Biotech, the amazing new washing product now on the market. You've heard what people all over the country are saying about biotechs. They're saying it is different to any washing product they've ever used before. With amazing new biotechs, the stubborn stains will vanish. Yes, vanish. Clean away. Just by soaking your laundry overnight in cold water, or for an hour or two in warm water, or by pre-washing it quickly in your washing machine. So, get amazing new biotechs today. You have just been listening to Wanted in Surgery by Harlan Ellison. Brought to you by Biotech, the new soak and free wash powder. Wanted in Surgery was adapted for broadcasting and produced by Michael McCabe. Listen again next Friday night at half past nine to... SF 68.